0: Hello, and welcome to Intersect, a podcast where we find connection in each other's stories. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Jim Moon, and our special guest, Pastor Myron Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We're super excited to hear more about your story. Why don't you start us off by telling us how you ended up where you are right now here. It's an exciting journey.
1: Well, that's good. It's good to be with you, uh, Lauren and Jim. And uh, the technology that we have today is, you know, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ is just uh, is just never ending. And we we all embrace it, and uh, a lot of people do connect with us. Um, all my life, I've had a you know I wasn't I didn't grow up as as an Adventist. I was in the Baptist church and. And they were grooming me to, me to be a pastor. So God's been, had a call for my life since a child. And he's, he's navigated me to where I am now. Oh, there's so many other stories I could tell you. But how I uh, became a, a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, I own my own mechanical contracting company in St. Louis, Missouri. And one of the major contracts we had was the Cardinal Stadium they're playing in right now. I had a major part with that. But one day, one day, one night, actually, I was in my office getting my contracts and all those kind of things. Now, I was a seventh-day Adventist then. But anyway, getting all my contracts and everything together and throughout my my life, I've always heard and recognized God's voice. Now, if you don't recognize God's voice, then something is terribly wrong. Hmm. Yes, If you can't hear his voice, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me any better or worse. But I heard his voice one night at my company, uh, working late one night at my, at my office. And the Lord told me, um, close the doors to your company. Go back to school, polish the gifts I've given you and preach my word full time. Hmm. Now, at the time when the Lord told me that I just came back from El Paso, Texas, and I had received a contract valued at $20 million a year for five years. Yes, that's hmm. right. $20 million a year
2: for five years, 20 or 20, 20 million each year. That's a, you know, that's, that's quite, that's like a hundred million dollars. Uh, man, you could have been an NBA player at that rate. Well, I, I,
1: I could have a new version of George Jefferson. Let's just put it like that. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to mm-hmm. move on up. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: I finally got a piece of the pie. No, not a piece. I had the pie, brother. I was rewriting that song. I had a piece <laughs> of the pie. And so, you know, I, I believe that God is my, Jesus is my friend. Mm. And not in a demanding voice, but I'm like, Lord, you know, can I preach on the weekends? <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. And it, it's no negotiation. And, you know, shut the doors, you mm. your company. And he said, mm. if you were in the house, this is the Lord and I conversation with the each- converting with each other. He said, if you were in the hospital laying on your back, would you call your finance manager? Would mm. you call your draftsman? Who mm. would you call on? And I said, Lord, I would call on you. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you again to close the doors to the company. I said, I get it. I get it. Mm. Not grudgingly, but I accept his calling. And I immediately uh didn't take any more contracts at the the company in El Paso, Texas. I told him I was humbled that they asked me to uh to do the project, but I said I had a higher calling. And one mm. of the project managers there recognized what I was talking about. He said, mm. I understand, and I pray mm. that you know God. so. So, I'm on
2: my journey now, so I'm looking so, on the- uh yeah just just a minute though, so when the project manager said that to you that he said, "I understand, did that feel maybe like an affirmation from God i mean you you'd had the conversation right and so but that that project manager saying that did that feel significant at that time to you? Yeah, it was very significant because you know
1: you, you get you know it wasn't I had a competition of, of bids. Uh, mm. I was pulled from. I was just pulled out to, and awarded this contract. And now to mm-hmm. turn it down, I didn't know how they were going to react. But the but the mm. project manager that led the whole project said, "Hey, it let me know that he had a connection with 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 God in some kind of way to recognize that to the money was was irrelevant. But just to accept God's calling, he understood. Mm. Yeah, mm. and and you yeah. For inside of me, you know, not to think, oh man, I've just created an enemy or whatever. It felt good mm-hmm. that God gave me that so I could walk away in peace. You know? Like
2: he was, this guy was almost giving you a blessing saying, you got to do what God's calling you to do.
1: There you go. There you go. So moving forward, I'm like, Lord, where, where do you want me to go? So I'm looking on my computer one night at some different, you know, Adventist colleges. And on the right-hand corner, give you suggested links. Mm-hmm. And I saw Southern Adventist University. I'd never heard of it, believe it or not, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I never heard of Southern Adventist University.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and it, and it had a little map on it. It had Nashville pretty close. I'm thinking, wow, my wife always wanted to live in Nashville. I didn't know where mm-hmm. Southern was located. But anyway, mm-hmm. I clicked on. The seventh, uh, uh, Southern Adventist University website, as soon as the website opened up, it was like the Lord told me, he said, that's where I want you to go.
2: Hmm. No, um.
1: I didn't know anybody at Southern Adventist University. Mm-hmm. So from that point, I started making plans to come to Southern, started shutting the company down. And I, you know, my wife was very supportive. She said, hey, I've been wanting you to do this for a long time. Mm. A pastor at the time, Pastor Eddie Polite, he he told me, he said, man, God's had his calling on you for the longest. And I said, Mm. well, I'm going to take one step forward and move forward. And Mm. one thing about it, though, when I made when I made the decision to go back to school, um, I shut the company down. My kids started calling me dad again. When Mm. I had my company, they were calling me ATM.
2: Mm-hmm. It's sad when you laugh at your own jokes, mm, That's all right. Yeah, at least I understood. But I, at least I understood. My wife says if you have to explain it, it's not funny. But you, it, it was understandable. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good. That, that makes me feel good. But anyway,
1: yeah, the, the family was very supportive, and um, and so we did. We we that's how I was directed. And uh, navigated to come to Southern.
2: Mm. So you get here, and uh, this is the that like, like, I I have never forgotten this story that you told me. Like, you're working at a local company, and uh, there was somebody at work that you know, you're you're a likable guy, but there was somebody there that, for whatever reason. Initially, it came across like that you weren't so great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some kind of way, I don't know. Uh, I was working on, on the job on, uh, on, um, on the third shift, and I never uh-huh. met this employee, never met her. And as I'm walking to my station, she now listen to this. I don't know anybody, but all uh-huh. of a sudden, I get the nickname Preacher Man. Now, oh. where does that come from? That I get a nickname, Preacher Man. I'm like, hey, I don't know anybody. <laughs> and that just
2: like started floating around with the other yeah, other people yeah. working? there. Well, no, I, take that. I, I
1: did know some people there. I take that back. But in mm-hmm. that department, I didn't know anyone. That okay. was the department. So anyway, she yells out, Preacher Man, Preacher Man. So I turn around mm-hmm. and look, um, and she flips me the bird. All right. All right. I'm like, what was that all about? Mm-hmm. So the next night I walk in and I see her out of the corner of my eye. Preacher man, preacher man.
2: Mm-hmm. And I look again, and she gave me the bird again. I'm like, and she wasn't and, and she didn't say tweet tweet when she did it.
1: No, no, no. She no. just started laughing. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: the third night, I said, okay, Lauren, stay stay with me now, Lauren. <laughs> so the third night, preacher man, preacher man. And she flipped me the bird again. And I wave at her. <laughs> and she said, yeah. what are you waving me for? I said, I'm giving mm. you five times what you're telling me each night. <laughs> she started laughing. <laughs> mm. And from that time mm. moving forward, she connected with me. And mm. you, you want to know why she connected with me? Because in ministering to people who are not in church, uh, they may go to church, but they may be out of church for whatever reason. They, they only em- they embrace individuals that, that accept them where they are. Mm. If we try to mm. be holier than thou above them or we're talking down to someone, um, mm. you don't know what they've been through in their life. You don't know mm. what, what, what negative things they've experienced in church or, or just life, period, mm. or negative representations of who God is. You have no earthly ideal. But when mm. someone comes to you, I'm not saying, you know, you don't have to use the language they use or do what they do, but it, but at least accept them where they are. And they see mm. that you're not trying to be better than they are. And when mm. she saw that, I, I brought myself on a level of communication with her. I didn't mm. lower my standards. I just lowered mm. myself to a, a communication level where she was. Mm. She immediately open the door and drop the defensive
2: guards against me. Mm. And you guys kinda like um there came a point, I think, where she kind of opened up to you uh, you know, just about some stuff she was going through. Uh didn't she? Yeah, yeah.
1: Later, later on, she called me over one night. I'm walking to my station, but she kept I always calling me preach man, preach man, preach man, come here. I said, Yeah, what's going on? And she whispers and she said, Last night, I thought about committing suicide. Hmm. Now, now, just think about that. Hmm. You find someone that you feel comfortable with. Someone's not going to judge you. Someone's going to accept hmm. you where you are. Someone has showed a, a genuine entrance, interest in you. Hmm. So you find a comfort level and you say, this is a spot I can put my trust and I can rest in. Mm. And she said, Mm. I thought about committing suicide last night. And I told her, I said, honey, please don't, don't do that. I said, I don't know what you're going through, but I promise you, you can make it through. You got a lot of people that love you and don't want you to end your life. I love you. I mean, how would it look if I come in and I don't see you here? Heaven forbid mm. you start flipping the bird at me again, you know. She started laughing, you know, mm. and she said, mm. and you know, the Holy Spirit will give you, and, and that's the key thing. The Holy Spirit will put the words that you if you ask the Holy Spirit to govern your mouth and what you say, because what you say, it can be a matter of life and death. No matter how good your intentions are, it mm. can be life or death. And I take no mm. no no glory of myself. I just thank God that He has used me as a mouthpiece to help. And and that goes back to hearing his voice for direction and mm. all things and all your ways, acknowledge me, and he'll direct our path. So she came back to me. And from that day on, you know, I encouraged her. She was still herself, but but we made she made it through.
2: You know, one of the things that um, one of the things I feel like I've learned on my journey, uh, like with this concept of of intersection of stories, is that when we're, um, you know, we have opportunity to intersect with with people in our circle of influence, it's not so much about bringing our faith agenda to the table. Whether, you know, um, I happen to be an Adventist Christian, whether it's some doctoral teaching that I hold dear, or other Christians of other faith backgrounds, if, if they're ministering, it's not, as, as a follower of Christ, it's not so much about our agenda or our doctrinal teachings uh, to the extent that we—I I think God would have us to help start with where people are at, to start with their story— in this case, you got the bird, and I, I feel like the Holy Spirit prompted you to just wave your hand. And I'm, I'm not. I, I think if I was you in that situation, I'd be like, uh, I'm not sure exactly how to respond. But I think, you know, God just gave you that grace to go hi, and um, then, then something about that warmed her heart, and yeah. she wanted to know why you were different. Um, and then and then again it was just responding in the context of the conversation. So we we talk about that we heed the people God shows us, which yeah. He showed you this this woman in a different kind of a way. <laughs> and yeah. then and then we engage with them. Your engaging was through a wave, and then and then that just opened her up to be able to tell a little bit of her story. And as you guys got to know each other, more of her story came out. Did you ever get a chance to pray with her? Have you had? Are, are there any other experiences you've had where maybe you've crossed paths with somebody and you found found yourself praying with them just as a result of of being able to notice and engage? You know, sometimes some now, now hear me clearly. Sometimes.
1: Praying with someone, and boy, I really have to be cautious how I say this. No, oh, you good. Say, can, say the sometimes, truth. Sometimes we we do the prayer as a cliche to mm-hmm. follow up. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to be led, and I get that you led, but sometimes it's just good. the Holy Spirit can lead you to just say, "I'm just going to put a little scent right there for you to just." Um, Savor just a mm. moment, without mm. going to the to the next level. You can still pray; God mm-hmm. will still hear you. You can pray for that mm-hmm. individual, but you know when we I'm go back to a comment you said, Jim. Um, when we meet people where they are, it doesn't make them even. No matter what denomination they are, it doesn't make us any better mm-hmm. as Adventists. Mm-hmm. Because believe it or not, the Holy Spirit is still working in everybody's life that accepts them, whether' you're Baptist, Adventist or whatever. I was a Baptist. Mm-hmm. The Lord is working with me and and you know the closer to the time of end, God is working the Holy Spirit is working through people and and we just have to reflect. God gave us two things, three things. He gave us a message to to, to preach, but not only a message to preach in the last days, but he also tells us to live out that message. To Mm -hmm. preach it is one thing, but to live it is another. And a lot of people, perfect, perfect example. See, we can talk the religion, but can we live it? And a mm. lot of people are reluctant, not because the message, the message is good, it's pure. I find no fault in the message, nowhere. So what makes people reluctant when you bring the good news to them? is the fact that we have, they need to see our religion and our lives rather than hearing it. Perfect mm. example, perfect <sighs> example. Now, keep in mind, Lauren, I've graduated from Southern. I haven't had a call yet. And different ones, Jim, are telling me, "Well, aren't you concerned that you don't have a call?" And I worked with some of the local uh, uh, businesses there in Collegedale. On the third, another company, third shift, I'm I'm working cleaning toilets and 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 mm. mopping floors. And someone said, oh, "Don't you feel a little embarrassed? You know, you got a degree in your back pocket and you're swinging a mop." And I said, "No." They said, well, why not? I said, well, number one, God called me. Hmm. I didn't call myself. God called me to preach. And I'm not going to move until the cloud moves. Hmm. And when the cloud moves, he'll place me where he wants me. Won't be any politics. Won't be out with my resume on a corner like I'm selling uh, popcorn or whatever. No, none of that. I do my due diligence, but at the end... It's God who leads you and guides you. So I said, Mm -hmm. you know, right now I'm where God wants me to be. So here's the confirmation, Jim. I'm working at a local big department store, and you can just about know which major department store is in Mm Collegeville. One night, yeah, one night I come into work on a Saturday night after sunset. And then that Monday, a guy walks up to me. He said, "Um, I bet you're a Seventh-day Adventist. Now, see, I don't wear any buttons on my, you know, I don't, Bible under my arm coming in, okay? I, I'd rather you see my life than for me to put do the advertisement. Okay, so the guy says, uh, bet you're a Seventh-day Adventist. I said, I am. He said, I know you're wondering how, how I know that. I said, well, you yeah, know, I'm curious. He said, because I saw you check in after sunset on Saturday. Hmm. And I noticed that you don't work at sunset on the third ship, you don't work on Friday nights.
0: Hmm.
1: I said, Well, you're very observant. He said, Yeah. He said, I used to be a Seventh day Adventist, but now I'm atheist. Hmm. Okay. I said, I, I said okay. So he looked at me, and I'm looking back at him. He's looking at me. I'm looking back at him with a smile. He said, what? No no biblical comeback, no G White, none of that? You're not going to say anything to me like that? I said, well, no. He said, why not? I said, you know, that's your choice. That's your choice to decide if you're going to be atheist or if you believe in God. He said, so you'll still be friends with me even though I'm an atheist. I said, well, yeah, why not? Mm. Mm. So he walks away. So later on that night, one night, for one mm. night, later on that night, he comes back to me. He said, hey, Myron. I go up to him. He said, um, you know, the mine is no good. The mine is like a parachute. It's no good unless you keep it open. And he does this. I'm going to keep that open. And he looks up. I said, great, and I walked away. Now, I gave that testimony, and you know what the first thing someone told me? Mm. Oh, man, why didn't you pray with him? Uh, Why did you offer him a Bible study? Well, why didn't you do this? Why did you have him right there on the ropes? Why didn't you give him a one, two, three angels message, punch, you have knocked him out right there? I said, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Well, why not? Mm -hmm. He already knows the word. He was just trying to see it in someone's
2: life. Hmm. Well, I like that because, uh, well, Lauren, what do you think? Because I've been through a lot of talking. <laughs>
0: That's a super powerful story. Right now I'm taking a class called Life and Teachings of Jesus. And this hmm. is just like reminding me because Jesus came down to live as an example. And hmm. the things that you're sharing that you have been living out in your life, it's just, I see that you are following like an example of what Jesus did here. Like you're with the people, you're not trying to make yourself seem better than them. Like Jesus was always like the Pharisees were always trying to make the people feel bad. And Jesus was the one who was like there with them and he was accepting them. And I think that your life and the way you've been able to connect these with these people, is just kind of like showing that Jesus' example is the way. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just super powerful to see that Mm -hmm. lived out nowadays.
1: Amen. And see what we have to, Jim and Lauren, what we have to be very, 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 very careful with is not to make an idol out of our religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll let you process that a little bit. See, if, if, if we wave the banner ahead of jesus christ then you could you can vary sometimes i'm not saying everybody i'm not insane, i'm just saying well, you have to be also careful not to make a god out of your religion gotta let god mm. be
2: god and when we let yeah god, whatever you know whatever faith heritage we come from i think we can turn that into uh you know where where we put that above God, where we put that above the person in front of us, mm-hmm. you know, if if the way we carry our beliefs is such that we don't treat the person in front of us in a loving way as we're responding to them, mm-hmm. um, then that belief can become a barrier rather than a bridge yeah. for them to to come to Jesus. Um, You know, Jesus said in John 5, I think it's verse 39, he says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And there's some people that they relate to their doctrinal heritage, whatever Adventist or Catholic or Methodist or Baptist or you name it, where it's like they elevate their doctrine above Jesus or above the people they're ministering to where it's like, is more important for me to be right than for me to show you compassion and love and maybe even sometimes to hold my tongue when you're saying something that I'm in my mind going like, well, I know you're wrong, but there's the right time and the wrong time to even share. Like Jesus would say in John 16 to his disciples, he's like, I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them right now. So I, I like to think that truth is like a time release release capsule, and there's a time for somebody to hear something, and there's a time not for them to hear it and before mm-hmm. they even hear, they need to experience the kind of love that you describe with your coworker um, when you guys were working together, and he's telling you he's an atheist, and you're just like you you held your tongue sometimes silence says more than a lot of words. Amen. And and the Holy Spirit will do and and i I have
1: I have to say it. I give all credit, and I'm not being holier than now when I say this. I'm saying I give all credit to the Holy Spirit for navigating the words that I said. And and the Holy Spirit will remind you sometime. He'll tap you on his shoulder and say, wait a minute, before you walk away, I want to remind you, flesh and blood didn't
2: reveal that to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not that smart, Myron. Yeah. You're not that smart. There, there you go, man. There you go. You're exactly so, right. Uh, before we wrap, I just wanted to ask you one more thought here. You mentioned at the beginning, you know, having this very clear sense of God speaking to you when he invited you to leave this lucrative career, uh, to move from Missouri uh to um uh southern south southeastern Tennessee to go to school. But my question is, if you could tell us a little bit, one of my favorite thoughts is, um, there's a book, Steps to Christ, where it talks about Jesus lived his life between the mountain and the multitude. That the life of prayer, the life of spirituality, isn't to merely be like a hermit that just hunkers away, but it's to be like the life of Christ between the mountain and the multitude. So we find in the Gospels that Jesus would go away to a quiet place and he would commune with his Father. Mm-hmm. But then we see him, then the disciples coming and say, the people are looking for you. And we see him going from that place of communion into a place of commission where he's mingling among people. And... um And and one of the thoughts there is like that the prayer life in communion with God in the quiet place, in the secret place, empowers the ministry life among people, but then the ministry life among people informs that prayer time in God's presence. How do you find yourself connecting on the mountain, so to speak, with God that helps you to be able to recognize his voice? when um, he's saying, man, you you need to move here, or you need to engage with this person, or what is is the texture of those times with you and God? If you were to share to a listener to say, this is what I've really found works for me as a way to connect with God. Um, This is what I do when I'm opening the Word, or this is the texture of how my prayer experience, whether you journal or pray aloud or Tell us a little bit about that communion experience that you have with God.
1: Um, now, I went back to school at 53 years old. Mm. Okay, so so I had a lot of ex- experience and connection with God in my life. Mm. I'm going to ask your question. Just let me give you this one tidbit. When I was three and a half years old, I was sitting in Baptist church, Three and a half, hmm. and I'm sitting on the on the, in the pews, and I hear this voice tell me to get up from the pew, go up and sit on the pulpit.
2: Hmm.
1: So I did. I got up out of my seat, went up, sat on the pulpit, and I'm looking out at people. I see people, but I don't. See, I see people, but I don't see faces. Hmm. And and the usher is coming to get me off the pulpit. And as she's coming, hes I went up right in the middle while uh, Reverend Johnson was preaching. Hmm. And the usher came to get me off the pulpit. He stops her and says, hmm. leave Myron alone. You never know. One day God could be calling him to preach. Wow. Okay. Wow. So... I remember just that. And when he said that, that's all I remember. God could mm. be calling him to preach. So mm. periodically through my life, I call, I took my mother, I said, mom, um, did that really happen? Or is that some kind of a dream I just had that was been sitting dormant in my mind? She Mm. said, no, it happened. And when I got you home, I spanked that butt for for going up there and
2: embarrassing me like that. (laughs) God's calling me. She's going to make my butt embarrassing after going up there. Well, it says, you know, there's that passage that says all who would live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Uh, And sometimes your own family will turn against you.
1: I came out. To start I came out to start the starting gate just like that. Maybe that's what mm. the doctor was doing when I was born too. He started mm. the chain reaction. <laughs> but, but so, you know, that's what I was. Ta- that's where I was trained from the start of being in tune and hearing God's voice. This is what mm. I do. And I had to put that in. What I try to do, I try to have my prayer sitters, praying, meditating to God, and fasting are three of your most best tools for the Christian.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Meditation, Mm -hmm. prayer, and fasting. Meditation is hearing God's voice. And that's where you start training to hearing now now let me make it very clear what meditation i'm talking about i'm talking about spiritual god meditation where the angels are around your mind to protect anything from coming in meditation mm-hmm. world meditation is what you do you put yourself in a place where your mind's open for something to come in but mm-hmm. spiritual meditation is where god preserves and he puts his
2: angels to protect Your mind, so that only He can speak to you. And so, in that in that meditation time, are you inviting God to maybe bring a passage of Scripture to mind, a story from the Scripture, inviting Him maybe to say, "I mean, Lord, is there is there somebody you want me to talk to today? What what's going on as you're attempting to listen to God?" Okay, first. Yeah. Okay. I'm not giving him any orders on anything. I
1: said, Lord, I need you to speak to me. That's number mm. one. Just speak to mm-hmm. me. And
2: mm-hmm. the
1: best time that I get that is early, early in the morning, mm. maybe four five, where you'd be so surprised when there's nothing but peace, no distractions, no nothing. And normally what I do, I'll be, I'll I'll pray and then I'm reading God's word, maybe Psalms or Proverbs. I'll just read a little bit. And then once I finish reading, I'll just say, Lord, speak to me. Mm -hmm. And it was a it was a situation that that I was going to. And I didn't know how to handle it, Uh, Lauren. Mm -hmm. I did not know whether to go left, right, up, down. I didn't know. I said, Lord, I need you to speak to me. And Mm -hmm. as I was sitting there, it was like a door opened like an elevator. And I came in, mm-hmm. went in the elevator, and it, and it went up, and then it opened up, and it was like a peaceful place. And then all of a sudden, during that meditative moment, God gave me exactly what I needed to do. Hmm. Yeah, I got back on the elevator, came down, the doors opened, and I stepped out. With guidance and direction, hmm. Hmm. and 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 even God's word can speak to, you, to us that way, or God can just speak to us through his word, the Bible, as we study God's Word and the
2: Holy Spirit, that's the form of way God is speaking to us as well, yeah, I've had times where um I'm like journaling because i I will journal a lot. And I'll have a verse flash into my mind. And it's just, and so I find myself going to that verse. And then when I open up that verse, sometimes it's the very verse that I feel like God's telling me something through. But sometimes it may be three or four verses before that verse or three or four verses after. Um, I mean, one time I, I was, I had gone, Uh, This was um, about three or four or five years ago. Um, Here at Southern, Pastor Ferguson had just come to campus. We went to a teacher in service where the guy is talking about making your job your calling. The next day I get up, I go into work. It's about 1030. I'm like, wow, Lord, this is kind of late to be getting to your word. But okay, here goes. And I'm reading from John 11, uh, the story of the resurrection, And Martha comes to Mary and she's like, get up. The teacher is calling for you. And in that, God took my mind back to the day before that in-service about making your job, your calling. And the guy had been talking about having a personal mission statement that's clear, succinct, memorable. And I thought about my mission statement, which was real wordy. And I mean, it, it was meaningful, but God just had me rehone that. He's like, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, well, currently in my life, I'm a worship pastor. And it was just like, what came was like, my life mission is to help people find their voice. And what I didn't realize at that time with that was that this whole dissertation journey I was on, this idea of to heed, engage, listen, pray, that those are four core practices that God was going to give me about helping the people around me find their voice. Mm-hmm. And he, he led me to that by taking me there to that simple statement from Martha to Mary, get up, the teacher is calling for you. And I remember journaling that day saying, Lord, what if that was the mantra of every faculty member at, at Southern, every uh, uh, teacher you know, our, our university church staff, where it was just like, you know, we were all about helping, uh, students and young people in the next generation in the faith find their way to Jesus, find their way to his calling. Um, so yeah, well, I love what you've said about meditation and, um, probably we need to wrap here, but, um, is there anything you want to share with our listeners before before we wrap it up, Myron? And, Lauren, anything you might want to say in conclusion?
1: Um, before Lauren comes in, um, I just want to make sure let everyone know that um, your, your pathway to communicating with God, um, everyone finding it is like a fingerprint. You mm-hmm. have to talk with God and ask him, Lord, you know, since... You and I in the communication, you know, it's not like you're just standing here in the corner and we're talking. you're like, and he's like, oh, hello, Mm. I'm here, guys. I'm over here. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, go to him and say, Lord, how how can we communicate with each other? How can you Mm. communicate with me? And I'm sure Mm. the Holy Spirit, he said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So I just Mm. want you to know that even in all of our testimonies, it's like a fingerprint. We all have our pathway, but the one pathway that's for sure is the pathway that can lead us to Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Amen. Yeah. I love these practical reminders for just like ways to reach out to people and connect them by staying connected with God. So just want to thank you again so much for joining us on Intersect and sharing your journey and hopefully inspiring our listeners like i was inspired thank Thank you all so much for being on intersect we will see you next time
2: thank you see you later guys (laughs) bye-bye oh yeah there's the five fingers